Hey, Matt, are you subscribed to the Weekend Primer podcast? No, what is that? It's the weekly podcast that you and I do every week on Wednesday mornings to let people know what's going on in the weekend in Door County. That sounds like a great idea for a podcast. Well, why don't you subscribe to it? All you have to do is grab your phone and pick out whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Apple Music, Pocket Cast, or Spotify, or, or wherever you get your podcasts, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse Podcast and click subscribe. Wow, that's so easy. I could do it. Then every week you're going to get two episodes of the Door County Pulse podcast delivered straight to your inbox. And then all you have to do is click on it and listen. I'm going to go do that right now. Cool. And sounds like a great idea, Matt. I'll see you in the podcast this week, Andrew. I'm doing well. It is a lovely January morning. The temperature is not as uh, terrible as it has been. It um, will be. I saw that's gonna. It's gonna be single digit coming up soon. I try not to look at what's coming up in the weather, just especially around this time of year, because I know that it's gonna be nothing good. Yeah. But you know what is gonna be good? What? All the cool events going on this oh weekend. Oh my gosh! I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm Matthew Marcon, and this is your weekend primer. On Saturday is the Pushin' the Cushion race in Kiwani. Gather up your team, come in your best costume, prizes will be awarded for costumes, and have a seat as your team pushes you across the finish line in a stair chair on skis. There will be booyah, burgers, and drinks available for purchase. This is one of those events that, and, and let me just say this is the first I'm hearing of this event specifically, but this is one of those events that came around years ago before the shoulder seasons expanded, before tourism got big in the winter in Door County, this was just when locals were so bored and cabin fever was starting to grip them, they had to get outside and do something and they decided to do something completely off the walls. Oh yeah, this is, I think this is the third annual time that they've been doing this in Kiwani. Um, I also think it goes to support the um, Kiwani rescue. So like their first responders and things like that. Oh, so nice. it's like the huge like, fundraiser kind of day on Saturday. Um, but yeah, this is wild. This is such like a Midwestern thing. This is right up there with the human foosball and the bicycle throw and yeah. the, the snow bowling that goes down during the winter festival coming up. So we'll be sure to talk about that. But this, okay, so first off, I had to look up what a stair chair was. Oh yeah. And it's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's one of those chairs that is attached to your wall and takes you up the stairs, uh -huh. which... I actually have kind of an interesting story about, so the first I ever saw a stair chair uh, was in a video game for the Super Nintendo called Earthworm Jim 2. Have you ever played Earthworm Jim? No, I have not. It is... I've never even heard of it. Okay, it is the most buckwild experience I think you can have. And and there are, there are some video games where you're like, wow, this is just a total mind freak the whole way through. But this was like that, but before any of those had become like a thing. You know what I mean? So Earthworm Jim is about an earthworm who I guess controls a spacesuit. I don't know. He's, oh, he's cool. literally, a, his head is an earthworm and he's got a spacesuit body, but I think the body's just a suit. I think that he, he controls it for whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm going to keep trying to explain it and it's not going to make any more sense. But every level had a different theme. Like every ep level was a completely different uh -huh. style and they were just the most like strange depressing weird things and they like they would use um 
like copyright free music for some of it. Uh-huh. So like uh, Moonlight Sonata is one of the songs and it's this really sad level where you just play the earthworm and he like floats through this weird like it's like you're inside of a body or it's very strange. It's very weird. And then they play the um the the pizza time song. They play that song while you're trying to like bounce puppies across a courtyard. Either way, I digress. This this sounds exactly like the pushing for the pushing the cushion race. Let me get back to that. Let me get back to it. Okay. So in the first episode, you're exploring this weird like space cave zone and then at just one point in the middle of it there's like an old broken apartment and there's you have to ride up a stair chair to get to the top uh and there's like i think grandmas who fall and you have to avoid the grandmas on the stair chair so that's where my that's where i was all of that is to say <laughs> i know what stair chairs are because of earthworm gym 2 oh my gosh that was so long-winded uh, well it was i think it was worth it Moving on, also this weekend is Family Art Day at the Peninsula School of Art. You can explore the latest exhibition in the Gunzel Gallery, experiment with new art media, work together as a family, and create a memorable work of art. I've actually been to a couple Family Art Days for uh, for filming last oh. year. Oh, yeah. And they're a lot of fun. Uh, always a new interesting project. Um, the two times that I went, the first one they were doing some sort of like stained glass mosaic, but they were using um, sheets of reflective like paper. So you would cut out these like gels into all these cool shapes and there was like stencils that you could put them on or you could freeform them and you'd end up with this like cool kind of stained glass looking piece of art that you'd take home. And then the other time they were painting rocks, Ah, which was really neat. Saw one kid turned his rock into some sort of shark, which is cool. Um, Lots of cool designs, but it's always fun. It's, it's, they're always full of people. So if you've got young kids and you want your kids to make friends and meet people, it's a great place to go. There's going to be a concentration of artistic children. You get to take home a really cool piece of art and you get to work on art with your kids. So I, I wish my family loved me enough to take me to something like this. I know you would be the oldest child there. No, but I mean like when I was younger, Oh, we never, my family didn't love me enough. Oh. What did you guys do? Well, you went on Christmas hikes. I remember that. New Year's hikes. New Year's hikes. Yeah. What else did you do? You know. That was it? Yeah. It was a very gloom household. Well, see if they'll bring you, see if they'll bring you this year. Okay. Yeah, you guys can go this weekend. Yeah. Put together some sort of, you can reclaim all of those family art days that you missed in the past. Oh, I should, that sounds like a great idea. Uh, Peninsula School of Art is is a really cool place. If you've never been there, either for for classes or something, these are great. It I is a cool place. It's yeah. a really cool place. Um, I don't know if Family Art Day is free or not. I'm I'm sure there's some sort of like way that you can sign up for it. Um, but every time that I've went, it's just you know kids just showed up. So uh, it might be something you can just go in and then maybe you pay like for the the art supplies that sure. you're using. Right. Um, but it's really cool. Uh, if you've got creative kids and you want to go hang out and do something really fun, this is a great opportunity for that. You can also check out Rogue Theater's open auditions at the Door County Community Foundation in Sturgeon Bay. They're looking for several adult men and women and teens from 15 to 18. Those auditioning will read from a script provided. Have you ever done an audition for a community theater? I've never done an audition in general. You've never auditioned for anything? No. Well, you audition for sports teams. Yeah, so I was just going to say there were tryouts... Which is kind of different. It's just a different. They word didn't. For it. They didn't provide scripts, though. Yeah, but you had to bring your own song. Yes, Rogue Theater has been around for a couple of years now, and they they put on a couple shows every year. It's a great way to, especially if you're in the Sturgeon Bay area, uh, try out for something. I don't know if they call themselves a community theater or not, but I mean it, it's a way to do theater in 
a county where there aren't as many opportunities as you might think to do theater. Um, we have a lot of great equity houses up here, um, but equity theaters, their contracts don't allow them to have uh, very many non-equity actors. I mean, there's some non-equity positions that are, are baked into their contracts, but usually those are filled up by interns. Um, so it, it's not as often as you might think, even though we do have a great theater scene up here that community members can get involved very easily. So uh, organizations like Rogue Theater and the, the new Door Community or the new Door County Community Theater that's coming out, uh, those are going to give people an opportunity to get up on stage and to do something more in like the community theater sense. So that's pretty cool. You're a, you're a theater guy, right? Yes. So what is the point of, I, don't, I wouldn't say what is the point, but auditioning from a script that is provided as opposed to bringing your own script. Like, how do you prepare for something like that? Because you don't really know what you're getting into if you're just coming and kind of winging it. Right. Because you've never seen the material before. Right. So there's, there's a couple different types of auditions. Um, this one would be what's called reading sides. So you would go and they would provide things. Usually uh, you, in, in a professional scenario, you would come with your own prepared monologues. And if it's a musical, your own prepared songs. Um, usually like in, a, in an artist repertoire, they have like a comedic side. They have a dramatic side. They have a couple different things, some classical sides that they can pull from for whatever it is they're trying to do. And you also want to try to match the type of content that you're bringing to an audition to the type of show that it's going to be. So if you're doing a musical and you're doing something like Phantom of the Opera, you're probably going to want to bring something more classical. You wouldn't want to sing a, uh, a rock song or something from Rent or something like that because the musical styles don't line up. And you want to try to present to them that that you're the best candidate for this show specifically. Uh, whereas if you're doing something like Rent, you're going to want to bring something more progressive, something more uh, rock or, or, or punk oriented or something like that. You wouldn't want to perform a classical piece. Uh, same thing if you're auditioning for Shakespeare. You'd want to bring a classical monologue uh, just to show that your chops line up with what that show is going to be. When the theater provides the sides, it means that they're it, well, it's two things. Number one, they're looking for something very specific. So they're trying to cast roles, specific roles. Um, but it, it also is easier. So um, a lot of times high schools will provide their sides because then students don't have to do any homework beforehand. Or if you're auditioning, you don't have to do anything before. You can just show up and do it. It is a little bit different of a skill because you don't have time to rehearse right. those sides. I mean, you probably have five or 10 minutes to look them over, get a good idea. But it, it's really more about thinking on your feet and, and per, performing something that you're, that's very new. And, and that can be a, a skill set that the director is looking for as well. But couldn't that as for mainly something like high schools or these open auditions for a community theater, don't you think that's kind of uh, hindering the talent that they might have because some of these you know, high school, some of the high schoolers who would be participating in a high school musical or play or a community theater who are just doing it for fun, they don't really have that kind of skill set. Like I could see it if it was, you know, a professional theater organization with people who have done theater a lot of times. But say like I went and I tried to do this open audition, but I've never auditioned once in my life for a you know theatrical production, don't you think that kind of hinders the talent that they may be looking for? So if if what if I'm this you know I could be this grade A talent if I had time to prepare a couple days or something like that, but 
I didn't because I just showed up and they gave me this thing that I had five minutes to read over and didn't really get a chance to get to know the material. Right. I, I get where you're coming from there. And my response would be, there, there's, there's two things about that. Number one, I think it is easier than you're thinking to just pick up a side and read it for an audition um, because you, you have to weigh in what's going to be harder, giving a good performance off of something that you're seeing for the first time or memorizing something and preparing it and then delivering it memorized. There's, there's a lot more work involved. You might spend five hours, 10 hours getting something prepared. Um, like when you're building your actor's portfolio, you're going to spend a lot of time rehearsing your monologues, getting everything just right. Whereas when sides are provided, you can just show up and do them. You know what I mean? So I, I think it is easier to read off of provided sides than to bring your own material. Um, the other thing is, if they are doing a show that depends on some sort of more loose energy or some more improv-based uh, action on stage, then reading from a side is going to show you right away that, oh, this is somebody who can just kind of make it up as they go. Somebody who can take what's provided and, and be risky and do something cool with it. So it might be that they're looking for something like that. So for instance, if I was directing a more improv-based show, I would, I probably wouldn't provide slides, but I would bring everybody in at the same time. And then I would go through uh, games and techniques and stuff like that to see how everybody gels together and to see how people can be risky and, and kind of create things off the top of their head because that's going to serve the type of show that I'm doing the best. Whereas if I'm doing something like uh, Shakespeare or Phantom of the Opera, I'm going to have them bring their own stuff because... I want to see that they have the diligence to do the work on their own because once they get into doing that show, it's going to be a lot less improv, a lot less, um, a lot less proposal. It's going to be more reading from the script and creating the show in a, in a regimented way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that would be my, uh, that would be my thing. Let's move on from this because we have another kind of theater based thing. So just to Ooh. kind of wrap them up together. Uh, on Saturday at the Door Community Auditorium is Hamiltoons, which is a sing-along for fans of the hit Broadway musical Hamilton. You can wear costumes, and everybody's going to get together, and they're going to do guided sing-alongs from Hamilton. Sweet. So I found out that Hamiltoons is actually a thing. Like, it's a, a thing that happens all over the United States where they put together these, like, guided sing-alongs of Hamilton. And... Uh, so I actually got invited to this by Alan Kapischke, who I know has had a, a big hand in trying to set this up. Um, it seems like a really cool night. If you like Hamilton and you want to get together with a bunch of other people who like Hamilton and sing through all of the songs, like what could be more fun? Are you a Hamill stan? I don't think that that's the term for Hamilton fans. But that was really good. Do you like Hamilton? Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm, I got to see it when I was in, when I used to live in New York. I got to see it with mostly the original cast. Did you see it before or after Jonathan Groff left? After. Okay. I also saw it right after Jonathan Groff left. I actually saw it the day after they did the filming of it, which was scary because we bought our tickets like six months in advance and then we get there and find out that they're filming. Because we went to, um, oh, what did they call it? Where they would come out beforehand and they would do like a little show. They called it something funny. Um, but I, we went every day that we were in New York just to like, see those different ones. It was like ham for ham or yes, something like ham that. Ham for ham. Yep. Yeah. We did the ham for ham every night that we were in New York. Um, but we found out that they were filming the day before we were seeing it. And we were like, oh no, that's a huge day. Like that's a big day of filming. And then we're like, the whole cast is going to be off the next day. 
because they just did this huge filming thing. So we're in line and we're, we're dreading it because like, as soon as we get through, we're going to see the cast board and we're going to be like, oh man, everybody's going to be gone today. And this is our only opportunity mm-hmm. to see the original cast. Mm-hmm. So we get in there and we see the board and we go from the top and we see Lin-Manuel Miranda. And we're like, oh my God, thank God. And then we keep going down and uh, Leslie Adam Jr. and so on and so forth. Everybody was in it except for um, Jonathan Groff, of course, because he had been gone. And then the actress who plays the bullet was also another oh. study. But everybody else from the original cast is in it. And we were so happy. That's awesome. So we got to see the original cast. And then it's funny because once we saw it there, I was like, now I want to go see it like in Chicago. I want to see a completely different cast do it mm-hmm. because I'm so used to this. But then I saw like the UK version. They they did like a performance at something, at some award show. And I thought it was so bizarre to see completely different characters playing or completely different actors playing the characters. But I still do want to see it. So I still would like to see it uh, like in Chicago or I have friends who saw it in Minneapolis and I think that that would be cool to see a completely new experience. So all that being said, if you're a big Hamilton fan and you want to sing and you want to rap and you want to dance and have a really good time, I would go to DCA on Saturday for Hamilton's. Are you going to wear a costume? Who are you going to dress up as, Matt? I'm trying to find out who was my uh, King George and it's very hard. Yeah. Well, King George got played by so many different people. I know. The the main cast changed kind of all at the same time. Um, the other scary thing is we bought ours before the Tony Awards. And usually first run casts start to chop off after the Tony Awards. You want to have your you want to have your original cast there for the Tonys, but then after that your contracts start to end. Um, and I think Lynn's contact contract was up the month that we were there. So I think the next week, Lynn left the show. And we didn't know when his contract was going to be up when we bought our tickets. Yeah. So it was like this huge gamble. We were going pretty late in the in the time. I mean, it was uh, it was on our honeymoon is when we saw it. So it would have been in uh, like early July, like right in that zone. And he left kind of right in the middle of that. So it was really scary, but it totally paid off. And it was really great to see. It says that it was portrayed by Jonathan Groff mm-hmm. on the original Broadway, but then it says off-Broadway. So would that be when it first started? Because didn't it first start off-Broadway and then it came to Broadway? Or was that... Well, they they did a run because, called the Hamilton Mixtape beforehand. Because cause then the other guy is Brian D.R.C. James. And I think I might have saw him. Yes, I think, I think that that's who I saw as well. Okay. Yeah, if you've never heard the Hamilton Mixtape before, that's kind of crazy. And I'm not talking about the official Hamilton mixtape that came out after Hamilton came out. Right. So there's two versions of Hamilton mixtape. There's the original kind of like first draft of Hamilton where they go through and a lot of songs are different. A lot of lyrics are changed around. It tells kind of a slightly different story. It's really interesting to compare that to the final Broadway run just because it's cool to see how things change and how things got moved around. Uh, But then there's the Hamilton mixtape, which came out after Hamilton became a huge success, which just invited a ton of A-list musicians Mm -hmm. in to do covers of Hamilton songs and some original songs as well. And I totally recommend listening to the Hamilton mixtape because it's really, really cool. Hamilton's just cool in general, man. Moving on, this weekend there's also free ice fishing in Door County. All day residents and non-residents of all ages can fish without a license in all waters of Wisconsin except for trout ponds. All other fishing regulations still apply. So I didn't know that this was a thing. I didn't know that you could just fish whenever you wanted. Just for this weekend. Then again, I also didn't know that you could not just fish whenever you wanted. 
So I I didn't really fish growing up. I I grew up hunting. So I knew that you had to get a license to hunt. I wonder if just if it's just ice fishing regulations, because I don't know if fishing has regulations. And this is someone who's maybe gone fishing like twice. I think it does. I think that you still need a license to fish. Maybe. I don't know. I've never done but it. I feel like I feel like you would need a regist- registration to ice fish because it's slightly more dangerous because you're on ice and you could die. Well, you could die out in the water. Why? In your boat. How? I wonder what's more dangerous, ice fishing or regular fishing, being in a boat or being on the ice. I think I would say that being on the ice is more sneaky dangerous because you have to drill your hole and do all that stuff. And if you do that wrong. As someone who is a complete dum-dum to fishing and hunting and sports, I mean, you can throw, I, sure. I don't know a lot about a lot you of things. Are a, you're a big dum-dum. Uh, I, I, I think that when you break ice fishing down to its core components, it is kind of a ridiculous idea. It's, well, it's pretty like, much just fishing. Well, yes, but it's like, I'm going to go walk out on the ice, then going to dr- drill a big hole in the ice yeah. right underneath me, and then I'm going to fish. Because, like, I guess, again, Dum Dum Brand being like, why would you, it, it's frozen. Why would you fish right. for fish? But they're down there. No, oh, yeah. I mean, you can still get them. Yeah. Uh, but, but ice fishing did bring us one of Door County's greatest original pieces, which is Guys on Ice at, um, Northern Sky Theater. This is a this is a musical theater episode right here. Yeah, musical theater special. We're just tying it all in together. But and and I say that Guys on Ice is better than Hamilton. I thought that you were going to say that that brought us one of the Door County Visitor Bureau's best uh, video pieces, which is the history video on the first uh, the first ice like refrigeration units and stuff on Washington Island, which I love because uh, we talked to. Uh, Jacob Ellison up on the island. Mm-hmm. And he is such a gem. He is one of the most incredible, sweet old men, and he just told so many great stories. And if you haven't seen um, Harbor Ice uh-huh. history video, uh-huh. you should check it out because he is he's a fantastic storyteller. So I've never gone ice fishing. Have you ever gone ice fishing? No, but I have gone regular fishing. Do you want to go ice fishing with me this weekend? It's free. It is free. Yeah. No better time to go ice fishing then. We know nothing about ice fishing. I think it would be a good way to do it without knowing anything. Okay. Do you have one of those big drills? I have uh, worms. <laughs> I think that you and I are just going to go out and try to find a hole that's already there. Yeah. Can you fish on somebody else's hole? Or do oh, they own it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, if they're there, of course. Well, but, but then we have, then you need like the shanty and all that kind of stuff. You don't and, need a shanty. Well, it also would be really cold. Yeah. You just yeah. huddle up. And it's supposed to be cold this weekend, like we talked about. I want to get bundled up and I want to sit cross-legged. Right then, next to the hole. Then I will not join you this weekend. No, you need a whole like fishing house. Yeah. And finally, this Sunday night is the lunar eclipse. Come watch the eclipse at the crossroads at Big Creek in Sturgeon Bay. The eclipse is first visible at 9, 10 p.m. Totality begins at 10, 41 p.m. and ends at 11, 44 p.m. Sunglasses are suggested for viewing the early stages. Dim headlights when entering. So crossroads at Big Creek. Have you ever been there? Yeah. What's it like? It's a really cool place. Um, I've never done any of like the dark sky stuff that they have down there, but I would really like to because I am, um, I like the night sky. I like the stars and especially up here where you can just see so much of it. Um, it's gotta be a pretty cool setup that they have. Right. So sunglasses for the lunar eclipse. That seems interesting to me. Can you not stare at the moon? I don't know. Is it too bright? Because I've never really stared at the moon. I've never stared at the moon. But I also haven't like thought that it'd be too bright. This would be a great opportunity to play uh, Sunglasses at Night. It would be a great opportunity to stick that into the podcast. The only problem with the lunar eclipse is that it happens at nighttime. 
And 9, 10, 10, 41, like that's past my bedtime. It's your bedtime. I'm in yeah. bed already. Like I'm asleep already. Well, it is on, and it's on Sunday night. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely go to bed early night. Right. I could probably just watch it from my bedroom so I can like see it and then be like, all right. You could. Let's go to bed. But or seeing it with all these other people, that'd be kind of cool too. You know what else you could do? A hmm. uh, little cardboard, cut out a little cardboard circle. Uh-huh. Look at the moon tonight. Uh-huh. Slowly drift the cardboard circle in front of the moon. Oh. And then you've basically got the whole experience without having to stay up. Wow. Did you check out the solar eclipse that happened last year? Yeah. How was that? It was cool. I I did not. Well, I mean, I kind of saw it. Like I saw it from the pulse offices when it was kind of happening. But we didn't get a total solar eclipse here. Right. Um, we just got like a little little sliver of it. I was, I was in, uh, I was at my old job in New York at the time. So any excuse I had to take two hours off of work to go do something else, I did it. Mm-hmm. The only problem was I didn't have the specialty glasses. So I was just staring up in the sun. That's not healthy. Right. Yeah. You were told not to do that. No. Everyone said don't yeah. do that. But the cool thing was so like, I couldn't see a thing because it was super sunny outside when, um, when it happened. But right when it started to, right when the eclipse started to happen, the sun kind of passed through the clouds a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I got to, I got a blocked view or like the sun's rays was blocked by the uh, clouds. So I could, I could see the you know eclipse start to happen. That was awesome. Did you poke a hole at the bottom of a cup and then look through that? No. That was a pretty easy DIY way to get mm. those cool. Yeah. Sunglasses. I saw some people with like um cereal boxes and like staring through one end of a cereal box but like it was mirrors so it was coming the other way so they would like stand behind it and it was wild i'm gonna bring a cereal box to the lunar eclipse and i'm not gonna poke a hole in it it's just gonna be full of cereal and you're just gonna eat it yeah and and watch the lunar eclipse what kind of cereal the super mario cereal that came out to celebrate super mario odyssey see is that are you gonna bring milk too or you're just gonna eat the cereal dry because there's only a couple cereals that are good dry i'm gonna pour the milk into the box Ooh, you ever had that no uh, that way Ooh. it's not great oh, okay well i think that that's just about gonna do it for us this week matt thank you so much for chatting with me where am i gonna find you this weekend frosted mini wheats those are good that's a good cereal to eat dry um that's where i'm gonna be this weekend too eating frosted mini wheats at my house all right thank you matt and i'll talk to you again next week thanks If you're looking for more things to do this weekend, check out the events calendar at DoorCountyPulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available every Friday throughout Door County. Don't forget to subscribe to Door County Podcasts for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. You can find us on DoorCountyPulse.com, on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Matt, the podcast studio is in shambles. Is it? Yes. What's wrong? It's just, it's, this is the last time that I let Miles record his Dungeons and Dragons podcast unaccompanied. All right.